Heavenly Father, for um, without you, we are lost. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for him just dying on the cross for each and every one of us's sins. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to remember this as we navigate through this um, life. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to remember that uh, without you, we are lost. I pray that you help us uh, this morning as we come into your presence. I, I pray that you speak to us. And I pray that you soften our hearts so that we can hear from you. And when we hear from you, may we respond. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Um, I'll ask you to keep standing as we read today's passage. Uh, today's passage is coming from the book of John. We're going to read from John 19, starting from verse 25 to verse 27. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. I pray that this morning may you speak to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to speak to us throughout this day. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. We may take our seats. Good morning, Flood Church. My name is Zach Chipangwe, and I serve as a pastoral intern here at Flood Church. And it's an honor and a privilege to stand before you this morning to open the word of God. Um, and before I start, um, I just want to say that every time I get to stand here, um, I do not take it lightly, and it's an honor to be before you. Um, we're continuing in our sermon series called Relentless Pursuit, um, and today we're going to talk about Christ, the hope for the stranded. Christ, the hope for the stranded. Um, and talking about being stranded, I remember um, something happened to me years back when I went for a work meeting in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. And uh, after, after the meeting, I uh, was ready to go home. Uh, but to my surprise, because of the crazy traffic in Dar es Salaam, they said, um, everyone, because your flight is at 7 in the morning, everyone is going to leave at 3 a.m. because the traffic is really crazy. So they woke us all up at 3 a.m., uh, took us to the airport, and I was very grumpy because I didn't want to be up at that point. Uh, so I woke up, got to the airport. So I went to Nairobi where I was going to connect on another flight to come to Malawi. When we got to the airport, um, I said goodbye to all my other friends from different countries as they went on their different um, boarding places to, to take their flight. Um, and then when I got to my gate, um, I heard something that was very familiar. It was a woman shouting in Jijewa. She was very, very furious. And uh, as I continued to listen, I was like, this might actually be interesting to me. So I went close because she was right at the gate that I was supposed to board my plane. And then upon hearing what she was saying, she was very upset because she had been at the airport for three days. And she was stranded at the airport. Why? Because the grounds workers at the airport had been on strike. 
So now flights were not landing back to wherever he was uh, coming from. And at this point, I was like, okay, I might actually be stranded because my mom and my sisters had asked me to buy them these Maasai sandals that women love. So I had spent all the money that I had. And at this point, I was like, I'll probably sleep here with no food. But luckily, one of my Kenyan friends was walking out of the gate. So I ran after him. I was like, Martin, come help me. So he went and asked the officials. I said, yeah, there's this issue in Malawi. And people have been stranded here for quite a while. Uh, we actually don't know when this is going to be resolved. So yeah, these people might actually be stranded. If you probably have any other means to keep them, then yeah, do that. So he took us, and um, I stayed at the company, our, at our company's guest house for three days. And on the fourth day, they called and said, yeah, everything is OK now. Um, the guys from Malawi can fly back in. And just this moment of me potentially being stranded and seeing these other people stranded uh, reminds me of just this situation a lot. Um, Jesus is coming from being denied by Peter, who was one of his closest friends and one of his disciples to even crying out to his father to say, Father, why have you forsaken me? But even in that moment uh, of his greatest suffering, in his moment of pain and agony, he still provides for the people that he loved. He still provides for the people that he loved. And in our times of being stranded, in the moments where we are stranded, we can only find hope in him. We can only find hope in Jesus Christ. So today, I want us to look at three truths that will help us in our moments when we are stranded. And the first truth that I want us to remember is Jesus identifies with us. Jesus identifies with us. Because we do not serve a God who doesn't know pain. We do not serve a God who doesn't know pain because Jesus went through pain. Jesus went through it all. Uh, we, we're celebrating Easter, and we know just how much pain Jesus went through. Jesus is one who identifies with your pain. And even in this moment where he felt his deepest pain, Jesus still went on to provide for the people that he loved. So sometimes we feel... Maybe no one understands this, this situation that I'm going through because none of you have been in this situation. Maybe none of you have felt the pain that I feel, so you can't tell me anything. Yes, that's actually really, really true. I have never been in your shoes. I have never felt the pain that you feel. But Jesus relates with you. Jesus identifies with you. Because despite Jesus going through excruciating pain, Jesus took a moment to care for his mother, to care for his disciple. He said, woman, here is your son. And he told John the same thing, like, here is your mother. Because Jesus took time to identify with the people that he loved and actually show them more love in providing for them. 
And most of the times we find ourselves feeling like because no one understands what I'm going through, then I should actually just go through it alone. But Jesus doesn't want us to wander into sin by ourselves. Jesus has provided for us. He identifies with us. So Jesus is calling you, he's calling me to say, I know what you're going through. I know the pain that you're going through. I know the hurt that you're going through. And I don't want, to walk, I don't want you to walk in this alone. So in this invite that Jesus has given us, what are we doing? Because in the moment of our greatest suffering, Christ did not forget his, his loved ones, but he showed love to them. As Jesus hung on the cross, he experienced so much pain and so much anguish. In that moment, he could have said, let me just go through this pain alone. But while he was there, he saw the people that were standing there and still decided to provide for them. What sort of pain are you going through? What sort of hurt are you going through? Jesus wants to come in and intervene in whatever that you're going through. Because he doesn't want you to walk into it alone. The second point is Jesus provides a way out. Jesus provides a way out. Because Jesus' ultimate victory over death and sin offers us hope and a way out of our stranded situations. Um, if there's one thing that I've realized over the years that I've lived in this life is um, a lot of us will hype each other up when we're making the wrong decisions or we'll spur each other on when we are sinning. But when it's time to face the consequences, everyone steps away and you face those consequences alone. Whether it's the current consequences or when that time comes when we meet our maker face to face. Because when Jesus comes and we are on that day where we face God and it's our, it's our turn on that judgment seat, it will not be God judging flood church. It will be God and Zach face to face. It will not be God judging flood church as a whole. And I remember growing up um, when people at home wanted to do something, when they wanted to ask my dad for something, they would come through me because they knew if we go through the last born, he has a soft spot for him, so they'll actually just go ahead with it. So I remember uh, growing up, I was, I was a huge fan of a cartoon uh, called Pokemon. So they used to sell uh, Simba chips. So in those Simba chips, they would have Pokemon Tazos in them. So I remember uh, my two brothers came to me and said, okay, Zach, so you go to dad and tell him that we need car keys because you want to go buy Simba and get new Tazos. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went to my dad, said, dad, I need keys. Want to go uh, get chips. It's like, okay, cool. Um, go get them. So we got the keys, went out. My brothers went ahead their business, did whatever they wanted to do. They bought me the Simba, and now we're on our way back home. So, yeah, we're having a good time. We're driving home. And then uh, my older brother was the one driving. So the brother that's just right before me uh, has a smart idea. Tells my brother, um... Can, can I drive the car? So about five kilometers away from our house. He's like, can I drive the car? My older brother's like, yeah, sure. 
So parks the car, my brother takes the car, starts driving. So my brother, in his smart mind, he learns how to drive from just observing. He had never done anything before. So because it's a straight road, he drives properly. We get to the gate, the guard opens the gate, and right when we thought we had done it all and we're gonna go in without any problems, he bangs the garage door. So my mom is in the kitchen, she sees this. She looks, starts laughing, she goes back into the house. My dad is in the bedroom so he doesn't notice anything. So now, my older brother parks the car in the garage, he goes into his bedroom. Uh, me being the mama's boy, I act as if I'm helping my mom in the kitchen while I listen um, over the court proceedings that were going to take place. And now my brother is face to face with my dad. Uh, luckily, he got away with it. But in that moment, I realized just how when we were in the act, it was the three of us as brothers together. But when it came down to it, we all left him. It was him and my dad alone. And it's the same thing that we do with sin. We can hype each other up and go through, okay, let's go drinking. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. We can tell each other things to do. But when it comes down to it, it will be you and God face to face. It's not going to be you and someone else facing God. It's going to be you addressing your sin to God. So now Jesus says, I've provided a way out. Because even in the Bible it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He has provided a way out. Even in the moment where his mother was stranded. The mother was not going to have Jesus anymore. Jesus provides John. He has provided a way out for them. To say, I've provided a new family for you. That transcends even just a biological family. He has provided a new family for them. He has provided a way out for them. And he has provided a way out for you and me. But that doesn't make sense if we continue to live our life as if Jesus didn't make a way for us. Because in our moments of being stranded, in our moments of feeling alone, the devil thrives in making you feel like you're isolated. Because... Maybe you were saying to yourself, I'm stuck in here and I don't know how to get out of it. I'm stuck in whatever situation that I'm in and I don't know how I can fix it. Whether it's sin, whether it's some sort of problem or mistake that you've done. The devil will make you feel like this is the last of you. But Jesus is saying, I have provided a way out for you. But it only takes you making that choice to trust the way that he has provided for you. Through the power of the resurrection, we can trust that Christ can help us navigate through difficult circumstances and move forward. And when we feel stranded, we can trust that Jesus can provide a way for us. Because Jesus provides a way for us to ultimately navigate everything that we're going through in this life. So the choice is yours today. Are you going to continue navigating this life on your own or are you going to place your trust in the hands of the maker? The third 
And the last point that I want us to look at is Jesus offers relationship and community. Jesus offers relationship and community. As believers, we're not meant to navigate life's challenges alone, but to be in a community where we can thrive together. And I, I remember just growing up um, in Blantyre, I used to go to Blantyre Baptist, and uh, one of the spaces that helped me grow was um, a Bible study that we used to call Sold Out. So the church sat down and, and started asking questions, like what is happening that most of these young people are skipping church? So they found out that on Friday nights, people are going out drinking, and on the Saturday, they drink some more to cure the hangovers and stuff like that, and they wanted to find a way of bringing all the young people together. Um, so they started a Bible study called Sold Out. Uh, my, like my brother KBG was also in there. Um, so we would go to one house, so probably like a 20 guys, so from six o'clock we'll start cooking. So by the time you finish, take 20 men to start cooking, by the time they finish cooking food for 20 people, it'll probably be eight or nine o'clock. By the time we finish eating, it's like 10, 11. We start playing video games and do a Bible study, it's 11, everyone wants to go home and sleep. And even in just doing that, we found a way of actually just being in a community of brothers. So even when we were struggling, we would know that we have a group of brothers that are also struggling together. We're also trying to grow together, but we are sharing in this community. So some of, I've been, I've been friends with him for the longest time because of relationships that were formed from things like those. And God is calling us to be in a community. If you are a huge fan of action movies, especially American action movies, um, you can agree with me that most of these action heroes are going on solo missions. Whether it's Rambo, whether it's the new John Wick, uh, they will start a mission on their own and finish it on their own because they know and they think that, okay, I have it all together. But it's different from what we do in, in our work with Jesus. Because Jesus calls us in a, into a community of believers who can help us as we're navigating through this life so that we shouldn't go on solo missions. Because in those moments when we feel like I have it all together by myself and I don't need this community, that's when the devil thrives and takes advantage of you. Because in community, we'll grow together. And maybe I should take this time as well to just talk about growth groups. Maybe some of you are not part of a growth group. Maybe this is, this is a time for you to actually be plugged into a growth group so that you can grow with other people who are also um, trying to walk this walk with Jesus. And maybe you should also find people who are accountability partners with you. Um, I know I, I've, got, I've got my accountability partners like Harry, Pastor Humphreys, Pastor Yami, who call me out when they know that I'm going the wrong direction. And we need people like those who call us out to know you are actually straying away from what God is calling you to do. But sometimes, because you see me standing here, you think I'm a superhuman and I have it all together. But no, we need to find people who can call us out. 
and, and one thing I've, I've actually noticed about a lot of us Christians is when we find people who are calling us out, we start to judge the people that are calling us out to say, oh, so you're judging me because you sin differently. It's not about that. Because iron sharpens iron. And if we are living in a community that is going to help us grow, those people in our community are supposed to call us out when they see we're straying. They're supposed to call us out when they see that we're not living by the word. Community is not only there to help us feel good and feel welcome, to feel just this warm embrace, but they're supposed to call us out. They're supposed to help us grow. They're supposed to help us move together because it makes no sense for all of us who are sitting in here to only have five Christians who are thriving in this church and we think that, oh, actually, we're moving really well as a church. But if you're all moving together, growing together, then there's something that we're doing right. So as a community, we should thrive at helping each other grow in our walk with Jesus. People who call us out should actually be people that we appreciate because they're wishing the best for us. So Jesus gives his mother into the care of his beloved disciple. He is creating a bond between them that transcends the family ties. He is reminding us that we are part of a global community that us believers share and a bond that can help us um, in whatever that we're going through each and every passing day. Maybe you are in a season or a situation where you feel like no one understands what you're going through and you feel alone. Jesus is saying, I identify with what you're going through because I've been there. We're, we are lucky, we are honored, uh, we are blessed to serve a God who just doesn't sit somewhere, but we serve a God who came in human form and dwelt among us and felt the pain that you feel and felt the hurt that you feel, who can relate and who can identify with whatever you're going through. Or maybe you are in a place where you feel like you're stuck and you don't know how you can get out of whatever sticky situation you're in. Jesus is saying to you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or maybe you don't feel like you belong and Jesus is calling you into a community of believers who can help you grow and help you as you walk in this life. Maybe Jesus is calling you to belong to a group. Maybe Jesus is calling you to belong to a community that will help you thrive, that will help you in your walk with him. Each and every one of us might be in, in one, of, one of these situations, but Jesus is calling us to say, I am the hope in your situations when you're stranded. And sometimes it just takes the step for us so that we can get ourselves out of these stranded situations. Imagine if I was at that airport and saw that this is the situation and I didn't run back to the person that I know to say, help me. I would have been there for three or four days with nothing to eat, probably sleeping on a chair or on concrete. 
but because I took that step to run to the person that I know and ask for help, I had a comfortable bed, I had warm food to eat, and I actually got to explore uh, certain things in Nairobi. And it's the same thing with us. If we don't take the step to call out to Jesus to say, I am feeling so alone. I feel like no one understands what I'm going through. And I know that you identify with my pain. And I know that you identify with my hurt. Jesus, help me. Or maybe you're feeling so alone and stuck in whatever situation that you're going through. If you don't run back to him and say, Jesus, help me, I'm stuck. Or maybe it's just the community and the relationship with him. Maybe you want to cry out to God and say, God, I actually need a relationship with you. Or maybe I want to be in a community of believers that will help me grow and thrive in my relationship with you. What step are you going to take today? Let us close our eyes. The Bible says, when we hear his voice, we should not harden our hearts. So with whatever Jesus is talking to you about today, he wants to remind you that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And in the moment where he's speaking to you, whether you feel alone, whether you feel stuck, or you need a community around you, he's calling to you to say, come to me. Don't go back home today feeling the same. I pray that as God is speaking to you, may you respond to him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for just who you are. Thank you for um, just sending your son Jesus to die for us. Um, because we are stranded in our sins. We are lost without you. We are hopeless without you. But with Jesus coming to die for us, we know that we have someone who can identify with our pain, with our hurt. We know that we can find a way out of our mess. And we also know that we can belong to a family because being in Jesus helps us to come into a family where we can call you our Father. So I pray heavily, Father, that you help us um, to know that we belong to your family. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to speak to us. May your Holy Spirit continue to speak to us. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. I ask you to stand as the worship team leads us into song.